Hey, this is Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse podcast. Today I'm joined by Nick Dawson, Editor-in-Chief of TalkHouse Film. Today on the podcast, we have Ryan Johnson in conversation with Anna Lily Amarpour. Now, to me, Lily is one of the most exciting filmmakers to emerge in the past couple of years, an incredibly accomplished and confident visual storyteller. And her new movie, The Bad Batch, starring Suki Waterhouse as Arlen and Jason Momoa as Miami Man, is a dystopic, post-apocalyptic, slow-burn thriller, which is out June 23rd, or if you're listening the first day that we run this, tomorrow. Now, Nick, you're not the only fan of her work. Ryan Johnson loves her movies as well. Absolutely. When I emailed Ryan about the opportunity of talking to Lily, he completely jumped at the chance. Ryan, of course, is the director of Brick, Looper, Brothers Bloom, and some little movie that's coming out at Christmas. I forget what it's called. I think this little movie might be called Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yeah, that sounds about right. And Johnson took a break from doing post on Star Wars to record this conversation. Now, a quick note about the sound quality. Typically on the TalkHouse podcast, we have our guests in studios or we have engineers with mics in front of them. Nick, you pulled this together very quickly and we only had a minute to make it happen. We did this one by Skype. Right. The sound quality is a little scratchy, but the stuff is great. That's exactly right, Nick. They talk about micromanaging the editing process. And Ryan outs himself as a frame fucker. He also talks about how he plans to spend the couple of months he's got between post on Star Wars and its cinematic release. And they bond over the excruciating experience of watching rough cut screenings. And the extremes they'll go to to numb themselves to it. We have a great moment where they each offer up a metaphor for their creative process. Lily going with the Shawshank Redemption, Ryan with mining. Lily mentions cinematic boners. The ultimate sign that you are excited about what you're shooting, that's... Uh, <laughs> something they touch upon. <laughs> they also talk about Terry Gilliam. Absolutely. Ryan sees Gilliam's work as an influence on The Bad Batch. And of course, Ryan and Terry recorded one of my favorite ever talk as podcasts. And that's what Lily and Ryan first start talking about. Let's roll it. I listened to your talk with Terry Gilliam today. Oh my God. Do I sound like an idiot? I, I haven't, I've been nervous. To like, I, like, I didn't even want to listen back to it because he's such a hero. I was like, I think I just... It was amazing. No, you were amazing. And he was amazing. And you guys are just like, and it was so comforting. I was like, why can't you just like Photoshop my voice into that conversation? And put that I gotta, I, it's funny. When I was watching The Bad Batch, I got to assume that you're a big fan of, of his. Right? Is that, are you uh, a big Gilliam fan? or? I love, I I love um, some of his movies a lot. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty amazing dude. He's got, like, the creative energy of, like, a 10-year-old. It's amazing. I <laughs> love, that's, like, I love everything about, yeah. like, I love um, The Fisher King. Oh, my God. I saw that movie. That was one of the first movies that I, like, went back, like, multiple times to see in the theater to, like, study. That was, I was, like... I forget how old I was, man. But yeah, oh, it's so good. So I guess we're talking. I guess we're no longer talking about talking. I guess we've dove in. <laughs> yeah. It's All right. Let's, where are <laughs> is you? That, where is you that at? cool? Uh, Lily, where are you at right now, both physically and also in terms of when does the movie come out? Are you in the middle of uh, yeah. publicity and everything still? Yeah, I'm like deep, deep in the middle of it. I was, I'm in Los Angeles. I just flew in from San Francisco a few hours ago. And then right. like press day tomorrow here in LA and then Austin to Texas on Saturday, yeah. which is kind of cool. Cause I'm going to be in Texas celebrating bad batch 
on Father's Day. With, and Miami Man is pretty much like the second dopest dad I know. That's great. Is he? Does what does is is he working the you know filmmaking or something or is he? Who your dad? Your dad? Did you say your old man or dad? Mishear you? <laughs> no, no. I was saying Miami man. Momo- Miami <laughs> man. I'm sorry. I thought you said my old man is pretty much the dopest dad. <laughs> <I know. laughs> my dad. My dad is number one, but Miami I man, I think, is is pretty good for like number two yeah. best most devoted dad. <laughs> I, I uh, that's that's gonna be out. Did you shoot in Texas? Did you shoot the movie in Texas? No, we. Um, I shot at the the Sultan Sea, Slab okay. City, oh. and in a small dried up town called Bombay Beach. Okay. And oh. and in a dry dry lake in Lancaster in the desert. Okay, cool. Do you enjoy just backing up to just the? And I'm gonna be totally selfish with the questions I ask because the one Please. thing. I th- the one thing like you never get to do as a director is kind of see how other directors work. And so I'm just really interested, especially someone who I'm a fan of their work. And I'm a very, very big fan of your work to see kind of how you do it. Uh, cause I, I, always assume, I always assume I'm doing it wrong. So I <laughs> see how it's That's proper. like amazingly like... It's just, I don't know. Just you let's, saying that to me, I'm like, I'm geeking out. My cheeks are flushed. I have to yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Let's get, so do you like, I guess the first question though, I mean, I don't know, not to, you can take the fifth on this because you're in the middle of it, but do you, do you like the whole publicity tour thing? And that's not a loaded question because I, I actually kind of do like it in a weird way, but is it something you enjoy, like going around talking about the movie after it's done or is it kind of a grind for you honestly i fucking hate it oh uh, do you i tolerate it and and, yeah. and 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 but like i don't fucking hate it because that's like me doing a disservice to my own time on earth so i have yeah. to find a way to engage with something that just initially and just philosophically the idea of talking about a film and yeah. answering questions about a film is counterintuitive to me it's like right. i don't i don't do it to talk about it Except when I'm right. making it with the people that I'm making it with, but that's a different conversation. Right, 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 right. The conversations about it's like if you, why did you spend the time making the movie if you, <laughs> if, if if you could say what you wanted to say with the movie with explaining it to someone in a twenty minute phone call or whatever. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It makes a lot, and it makes a lot of sense too because you're such a, I don't know the the huge thing that like, and when I saw you know girl walks home and when I saw Bad Batch the you're, you're such a visual storyteller and um, the confidence that you've got with your visual storytelling is incredible uh, by the way but also it makes a lot of sense that it would you know you tell your stories and there's so much layered into them and so much nuance but it's all so much of it is through the kind of you know poetry of the visuals I, it actually makes a lot of sense now that you say it that it would be a pain hard, in the ass hard to, to talk put about. in the words yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm uh, in keeping with my <laughs> selfish filmmaker question I'm curious just to hear about kind of like how how you work like you're, you're I would yeah. my assumptions which are probably totally wrong I mean I'll, I'll start with the uh, start with the camera because you your 
And I think you use that widescreen frame better than I can't think of a filmmaker today who who's got where every single frame and specifically for that wide aspect, there's something in your frames of every single shot that makes me kind of like, holy shit. Uh, so I, I, I'm curious, like, do you, do you board? Do you, do you shot list? Do you, how do you approach yeah. the visuals or how organic is it when you get the, you know, the location? That's so cool that, that you feel that way. That's awesome um, to hear. Gosh. Um, but I, I guess one of the big things is locations and I have them like sometimes yeah. once even like the airplane junkyard. I knew of that place a year before I was shooting the bad batch. It's a very overwhelming location and it's massive and huge. And I, I mean, I had to go there multiple times just to, and I mean like way before pre-production or even pre-pre-production. Like, I don't want the pressure of having to make decisions, but just, like, be in that junkyard and kind of absorb yeah. what it's like. And then once I start to hone in on areas in there, then I'll be, like, planning to go. Because I do camera tests in every location. Um, what, are so those, I, like, what, what are those involved? Do you do, like, do you go there with an actual, like, Alexa and, like, shoot yes. stuff? Or is it like, okay. Yeah, with the Alexa, with the lenses, the Panavision anamorphic lenses, more or less, like, it's not the full, full yeah. package, but, and then, even with the airplane junkyard, I actually also took my Steadicam up there. Oh, wow. I insisted, because I didn't want him to show up and be, we were also, like, I shot Bad Batch in 28 days. One... Holy shit. See, I'm wow. so glad to hear you say holy shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, for, no, for no, for that movie, for uh, yeah, that's, that's I know that, that that earns a holy shit, and I'm sure that those locations were not easy. No, and like the desert stuff, the dry lake in Lancaster, our base yeah. camp to get from the hotel to the base camp was about a 45 minute ride, and then we were going on gators to go out to like the spots where all the hermit stuff was. It was like. Uh, reduced crew on gators just who had to be there and yeah. then you have you have a kid so the hours of the day are like become reduced and everything the order you have to shoot is affected and there's crows and, but do i you, like that you? too i love that it's like this thrilling herzog yeah. you know that like herzog pushing the boat over the mountain kind of feeling yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it is overwhelming to have like you know, Jim fucking carry on your set. And so then it's, yeah. but we're all in the same middle of nowhere, fucking don't have anything middle of nowhere desert. And so it was like, we were the bad batch. It was just like, yeah, it, just was, it was real. We were there. You know what I mean? Like on the actual days, I'm assuming then with that schedule, you had to like know what you were going, you had to have like your shots lined up and everything, or was it or not? Did you, were you able to kind of find it on the day? I storyboard the, a lot myself, right. especially when yeah. I have, like, I mean, I had with this, like, page nine, she's okay. doesn't have an arm anymore. So, like, I had to, and I didn't have, like, a limitless time and money budget, so I had to pick, figure out exactly how many shots I would have to do a certain way of, of her arm. So I kind of fully planned out a lot of... Got it, got it, got it, got it. But then I'll tell you, and this is the probably the thing you'll overhear the most 
if you were standing there at any point is like at the end of the day, right at the moment, because that's all preparedness and planning, like in a ninja way, so that I show up and I feel like I'm ready. Yeah, it's and about confidence more than anything else. Yeah, confidence yeah, yeah. and knowing and like working out any possible things that I don't want to figure out right then and just. But then, I will just be like, I've I've got no boner or like yeah, my yeah, bo- yeah. my boner is at half mass. Like something's wrong. Right. This lens is wrong. And like, or let's right. just. And you got to listen to the to the boner. That's <laughs> like I will literally say to. I know. My, no, I know. Ex- I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I have zero feeling below the belt. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What? No, I'm sorry. I just keep going. Because I'm, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can see, I mean, I can see all your on-screen boners too, you know? Oh, good God, Christ. It's good. Let's talk about, let's talk about writing. Oh. The most, the most limp aspect of the whole process. Uh, what would, yeah, how do you, how do you, I write? love writing and, you know, I was so surprised and not surprised, I guess, but yeah, surprised that you were the sole writer of your Star Wars. Like I was like, that seems amazing to me. Like, not that I didn't like, uh, but I thought there would be one other, I mean, you doing the Star, fucking Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> I think that's I, so cool. It made me even more, I'm already excited, but it made me even more, I'm a writer. Like that's like where you. That's where everything it starts from. I mean, that's where everything is. First and foremost, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, I, coming into the process, I thought that I would find a writing partner, uh, just because I thought this is too terrifying. But right, I don't know. It ended up being the most fun I've ever had writing. Have you ever written with somebody, or have you always written? I never with, have. Have you? Not, not with any of the movies that I've made. Yeah. I've written before. I made my first movie. I worked with a friend writing a script. Uh, I've worked just kind of on stuff I haven't made with other people, but it feels like for the thing you're actually going to do, I don't know. I, it always sounds really nice, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine yeah. when it comes down to, you know what I mean? Like I a hundred percent. It does sound nice because that weight, that because bur- at that point it's just you in the room of your mind, like forced to answer all these questions and right. get, through all that, like, I don't know, it's like mental constipation sometimes. You're like, yeah, but like, it also sometimes can be exhausting to try to talk someone through to get them to where you're already thinking about something in a certain way. And it's like, right, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I like saying that I, I don't enjoy writing, which is not really true, but it's definitely like the least for me, it's the least fun part of the whole process. What about editing? Because for me, it's editing. Oh, really? You don't like your your you, editing's a great. I love editing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Are um, you like? Are you pretty like? When you're in the edit, are you like really hands off? Like, do you like let your editor go off and do whatever, and then come back like weeks later? Or are you in there every no. day? I am awful. I am a frame fucker. I am um, because Me I too. <laughs> same thing. Our poor, our poor editors should get together and have drinks together because uh, yeah. they, they oh, deserve yeah. them. Did you have you ever cut your own stuff? Have you? Yeah. You yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm as I'm getting more and doing it more. I think that is one area where I do see the benefit of letting go of the 
the clamp a little more. Yeah, I'm having the same experience. I don't know. Have you worked with the same editor on both your movies, or? I did on on the on my first two. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Are you? No, I've I've worked with now the same guy who did I did my last movie with and this one, and he's awesome. And I feel like. I feel like kind of I've I've sort of learned through working with him. Uh, Bob Doucet is his name. This is a terrific editor and so patient with me. Uh, but I, I feel like I've learned only re- like through working with him. Like, oh, okay, this is the benefit of 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 totally. having a creative, you know, partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Does he uh, like? Do you like? Are you, do you sometimes just say like, look, I just want to touch it. Like I want to get on the Avid and I'm assuming you I do did, that. I did on Looper. Yeah. On Looper, I, uh, actually for the first few months I like had my own Avid and then we kind of slowly transitioned into like me sitting behind him and him actually working on with, with this one. It's crazy that there, because, uh, just the amount of special effects in the movie, there yeah. are so many layers that it's actually just technically beyond my ability like i would be so slow at actually just cutting because there's so much to keep track of totally track. wow um how about you do you ever how do you i mean how hands-on are you do you ever actually get on the machine or take a crap totally yeah i'm i'm like everything you're saying sounds like i could be saying it yeah 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 i had my own avid too set up yeah for, for bad batch like i had a in the room one. Sometimes Good. I would go and do certain things. Is your editor working while you're, well, I guess with a quick shoot, probably not. I was going to ask if your editor's working while you're shooting or whether you just start and do an assembly like after you're done. He kind of does a very like mild kind of starting to assemble. I think the thing with me is, and he, he knew this about me um, a, from how it worked out with the first film. And then there's certain things that like, I just only know. And then I, even if, because like I'm still shooting the film, it's not, I'm not going to be able to tell him until. Right. I'm in there and like sorting through right. all of it. God, sorting through all of it at the beginning is like. I know. Well, that first assembly is the worst. Oh part. my I don't God. Know if, I don't know if I've ever watched the first assembly and not just wanted to. Kill yourself. You know, just, yeah, just, yeah, pull a. Roman bathtub. I mean, just, yeah, absolutely. The first, like, very rough, I wouldn't even call it a rough cut. I'd call it, like, a. I, I was calling it a, plus, a placebo cut. Okay. A placenta, I think. Placenta. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. So, and I, I, I was in so much pain to, to go to that screening, but I knew I had to, you have to go through those yourself. Yes, yeah. And I was sitting in the back of the theater. I took a Xanax and drank a yeah. bourbon, and I had a hat and sunglasses on. I literally <laughs> couldn't bear to take my sunglasses off. <laughs> and do, you have, do, you ever, do you ever get kind of like cramped in the position? Because I find myself physically shielded. Physically hunched over, yes. Oh, my and God. I'll find like half of my body will fall asleep because I'm like my arm is cramped up from shielding my face from the other people. And the, yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> totally, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. So then, but then I don't know. Then as you get into it though and start, and I guess yeah. I, 
Yeah, it does. Right. The rewards are like really fucking. You know what I always say? I say like making a film to me is like Shawshank Redemption. It's like I'm Andy Dufresne and I'm like thinking of the story and shooting is like coming up with a plan and digging that tunnel. And it takes yeah. a, a lot of physical, you know, and you do it and get through it and everything. And then editing to me is crawling through that fucking tunnel. <laughs> And you know that, like, if it all, you know, is as you, the direction you were planning, you're going to come out above ground yeah. and it'll be raining and you're eventually going to make it to, you know, Ziwa and Aneho. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I would, I, I'm trying to think of, like, an analogy for how I, because for me, like, writing is like crawling down into a shitty mine and grabbing all these pieces of ore and, like, you know, you're alone and it's dark and you don't know if you'll ever see daylight and you were supposed to have the ore back up top three months ago and you're everyone's asking you when is the ore going to be up there and you're just kind of frightened and alone and then finally you crawl back up and you got it and then editing is when, <laughs> you know, you get to kind of, I don't know, make it into a necklace and string it together and, oh, maybe this goes better. I don't know. It's it's backwards for me. It's interesting. Yeah. I, ha I have, I have it, I think, different than you, because I think you must be talking a lot about Star Wars right now. No, I, no, actually, I'm not. I, Star Wars was, like, the one time that I actually had fun, really fun writing, because they have this story group um, at Lucasfilm, who are just a bunch of cool folks. And what I did, because I was so petrified of pulling a Barden Fink on, on this, uh, that I moved up to San Francisco and a couple times a week I would go in and I would just vomit out all the stuff I was working on and then we would just talk about it and it just that yeah, just helped cool. me feel less alone I guess totally. you know so, yeah but um but no I was I that's that's always been <laughs> that's cool. how long did how long did it take you to write to write this to write Bad Batch I would say like I because I started with the idea. Um, when I was editing Girl, and I feel like something starts to happen to me in the edit where the film leaves me, like leaves my soul or something, and like I don't, yeah. I no longer like the film itself, the idea and all these characters and everything. From the second I start to make it, it's like this comforting time when even though it's super hard and it's all these problems to solve, they're mine, and I understand the universe, and I'm. Yeah can find solutions and and then in the edit it starts to shift and I start to like leave it so I started writing because I wrote my third film editing Bad Batch oh okay it seems to be if I if that hadn't happened while you were actually cutting you were you were writing you started writing. I, I need to escape yeah and I'm like yeah. I want to go somewhere else <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore that's, that's really really cool i feel like i can see i can see the benefit i've never done that before i i could see the benefit of that actually just giving you a little bit of sort of yeah that kind of distraction like somewhere new to go give your side piece that you're yeah writing yeah all right totally. I get, yeah i can i can get that so uh, I, I started bad batch in the summer of editing girl and i finished it like after sundance and go yeah out. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. So you already have your next thing written. You're already working on it. 
I, yeah, I have a draft. Do you have like people that you show your like a small group of? Yeah, I got a couple just friends who I've had just forever. Totally. Most of them like go back to college. But, you know, how about you? You got like an inner circle and. It's like three people. Yeah, that's the perfect amount. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the perfect amount. Do you get with, uh, how much do you like show the movie and, uh, and this is something we can probably commiserate on because we're both, because, well, you, you're done with post-production, but uh, how much do you like show the movie and get notes and like that whole process? How do you deal with that in terms of refining the cut? Yeah, I think a, a lot I do, but I do um, control, I do try to control the direction of it to become, to just try to channel it in a way to be useful because I do feel like my films are like pretty visually off the grid sometimes or like some things can be kind of, I don't know, I just, I need to help to get to where I'm going, even if someone might not initially know it from those rough cuts. So I make these cards with very targeted questions mm. to help people. Like, I will write things like, how did you feel about that moment when this happened? Or how would you describe Miami Man in this scene? Just so that I can hear how they're talking about a certain moment, and then I can yeah. manipulate what I need to do if that's something, you know what I mean? That's like. That's that's super super smart. Do you also, on top of that, have like an open conversation? Where like, yeah, yeah, okay, now tell me, or or do you just keep it to like the focused? No, I like, can't do open conversations. I feel like people, when they're given just open conversation to start doing that, it becomes really, for me, it becomes very destructive and painful. I can't. Right. Like, I, I have had that though happen, but I left and they recorded it. Someone else moderated it, and then I just like listened to the audio like the next day. I see. I would. I feel like if I did that, that tape would then become like the. It would just sit on my head. <laughs> it would become like something out of a David Lynch movie. Never. Or just like, yeah. Amazing. Or it's or yeah, or it's the Grizzly Man thing where you must never listen to this tape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. That's exactly what's happened to me with Twitter right in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's healthy um, that, yeah, I, I think I'll probably do a sabbatical from it, I think, probably when when this comes out, yeah. Yeah, well, that was, like, your last talk with Terry Gilliam, or whenever, I don't know if it was your last, but I was yeah. listening to that today, it was, like, listening to you guys talk about it, it was, well, like... You- just what I needed to hear. Like, and you guys talking about it was like very comforting. You got, yeah, you got to take a break. Well, you're on there, you're on there a bunch. You're on, I mean, I guess we're both on there. That's the one difference. Like, you know, Terry wasn't really like Gilliam, like, didn't really engage with it. But you're, and you're really good at Twitter. Like, you're really funny on there and you're always really interesting and stuff. But how is it in terms of like its place, like, I don't know, like in your life, I guess, you know? Be, beyond just work like how do you how do you feel about it? you know it it violently changed for me in the past few weeks I'm not gonna lie and and I I don't like I haven't like buried it in the cemetery or anything but I do feel because I've been thinking about it a lot and it's like my job to feel things and mm-hmm. I do feel that that I 
it's perfectly fine for me to decide what I want to expose myself to and, and that there's no reason for me to back myself up into a corner yeah. and like expose myself to a bunch of feelings that I don't understand. That's not my job. And I'm just trying to understand myself and that's a fucking ongoing, really hard yeah. thing to do. And I honestly feel like I love Twitter because it connected me to you and, and like I'm sitting yeah. here I was like getting advice about Twitter dealing with this because Sarah Silverman goes through so much shit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. how do they do it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't bear it. Like I, a yeah, little bit yeah. of it. And it's like 5 million people just, I don't know. It scares the fucking living daylights out of me to tell you the truth. That I don't, yeah, that I'm kind of in awe of people who engage, who are getting that amount of shit and still stay on the bull or, or ride or engage on that level. Like when, you know, you see, you know, Pat and Oswald dive into politics with people and like, and, and that's, I don't know, I, that just stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like how much. Stress are you supposed to take it's, on? It, I guess it's admirable, yeah. But I just, I don't know. It's it's also like, I don't know. It, I also feel like I go back and forth in terms of does does engaging with people on Twitter actually? Move? I feel like when I talk to Gilliam about this, does it actually move the needle? You know, like how much does it actually? And like arguing your point on Twitter just kind of feels a little bit like throwing sand into the ocean. I guess. Um, totally, totally. Oh my god, what a great! Did you? That's a tweet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, that's all anything is worth these no. days, my friend. <laughs> yeah, monetize that. That's good. I can monetize that shit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, when, when does the movie actually come out? When is it out? 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 23rd it comes out um in a week in a week uh 23rd are you going all the way up are you like on on the hamster wheel all the way up until the release or are you do you get like a little break before no i'll get a break on the 25th on uh, 25th okay cool yeah and uh, then i'll go into like deep rec recluse like i yeah. don't know just uh are you yeah Will you rest or will you like curl into a fetal position and like and like sort of binge a, watch Chef's Table again? Even exactly. exactly. Like, <laughs> what do you do after you're done shooting a movie? Uh, I well, I don't know. That's I guess that's what I'm a little afraid of. Well, after I'm done shooting, I I get sick. I just you know get a cold and don't do anything for a few months. But after a movie comes out. And I, I see that's why I really admire. I think that's awesome that you have a draft, and it's really smart that you've got your next script in your hands. I, I feel like I, um, I'm too good at at taking time off, and especially in that weird phase after a movie where you have that kind of post, you know. I don't know. It's it's like a malaise that inevitably hits. Like there's this huge totally event and then you wake up and the sun still comes up and you still got to you, you it's just life is just back but this thing is over but yeah i don't know um totally but i yeah not like it's a <laughs> talk about 
first world problem. But, but uh, anyway. That's, that's <laughs> it is, fear. definitely. But still, yeah. so what? Fuck it. We have to talk about our problems, man. All right. It's not even a problem. It's just like, I, I guess. Because I, I, what are you going to do? What are you going to do after Star Wars? Well, that's the thing. I've got like a couple ideas I've been working on. Uh, pretty well developed. I just got to sit down and, and fucking write one of them. And I guess my pipe dream is, because we're actually going to be done with, if we stick to schedule, we're done with our post-production like in August. So I'll have, and the movie doesn't come out till Christmas. So I'll have a couple months that I'm hoping my pipe dream is I'll actually write one of these scripts. Um, amazing. Yeah, that would, it would be amazing. <laughs> are you pre- Are you like prepping already or you just have the draft and you're just still kind of. I have the draft and I'm thinking I'll, I'll, I want to do it in like um, March. That's exciting. That's cool. I would ask you more about it, but I'm not going to ask you more. You can tell me offline it's, more about it. Yeah, I will tell you offline for sure. All right, all right, all right. We'll reconvene offline. Yeah. Uh, that is super cool. I've, uh, I had like a little, just like I panicked 10 minutes before this and was like, oh God. And so I wrote down just a little list of stuff and I've slowly checked it all off. Uh and I'm sure you're so fucking sick of talking. <laughs> I, I t- I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something really er- in all earnestness. It is so comforting to talk to another filmmaker, another director, and like someone who like can understand some of the shit. It's very specific uh, and not that many people go through it. It's like, you know, like the people that climb Everest. They're, yeah. They're the except ones that know what it's like. this is harder, man. Except this is hard. No. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It, and I, I guess I should have led with over the top. Did I say how much I loved, I loved Bad Batch. I loved it, man. I thought it was so. Did I you? Know, I'm I, so I, curious. I, I did. I was really, I was really, uh, I found, I mean, there were two, just, first of all, just like on the craft level, like it's that sort of thing where. Yeah, and this, I, 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 you know, obviously I, I experienced this the first time with, with girl and that, that, but with this also, there's just that thing where you start watching a movie and you feel like, uh, I'm in really good hands, like just storytelling wise. I'm like, okay, this is, I trust this. I trust this person. I'm going to climb into this boat and kind of open myself up and go on this ride because I know, I know it's taken me somewhere and I know it's gonna, you know, and, and then. I, where it, where it took me, I just really loved, it's got the same, it's funny because you're right, there is a lot more kind of examination of kind of the dark shit in people in it, but it's still, it also has, I think, you know, both your movies have, have this deep, deep seated romanticism to them, you know, that I really, really connect to and love. I mean, even when you're at your darkest in this movie, there's, um, you know, even when, the romantic element of it is dark. It's still deeply romantic, I think, you know? And um, I was really, I don't know, I was really moved by the whole thing. I thought it was a really beautiful film. And yeah, I really dug it. I'm excited for more people's shit. Fuck, I'm glad, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> that is so Make another one. Oh, make okay. another one. Fast, quick. I think that's like my dirty closeted secret is that I'm deeply romantic and optimistic. It's like all just covered in layers of all the crap. You may think it's covered. I, I don't know. I think it's out on your sleeve a little more than you think. I, I, I think both of your movies, it's, it's got, you know, like I think about the, uh, the scene with the disco ball and girl, or I think about, you know, 
the relationship between Miami Man and, you know, it was a character named Arlen. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, but I don't know. It, I think that it's, I think it's out there, man. I feel like that's kind of like the beating heart of, of what I connect to in your movies. I think it's really beautiful. I'm psyched to see what you do next. I'm psyched to see Star Wars. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, like, beyond. <laughs> like, thank God. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Get them down. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta buy you, like, a couple of, of shots of tequila. All right, all right. Let's do it. There we go. We'll, we'll watch you, Star Wars and, and drink. That's the perfect do you time. Like, do you like tequila? Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm not like an... I, I've, it, it sound, the way you asked that question, I have a feeling uh, you have some lessons <laughs> to teach about tequila. It just like I just like like it. All right, it was offline. Yeah. All right, cool, Lily. I'll let I'll let you go. I'll let you rest your. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> rest your a... talking about the movie thing. But this was such a blast. I'm so happy we got to talk. Yeah, me too. Such a treat. Really, much needed. Perfect timing. Rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll indeed to me a successful talk is one that ends with both participants planning to get drunk together for sure this was a fantastic episode and we have a couple more coming up for you the spring best of music and film i'm looking forward to those i've recorded one of them already i bet you can guess which one (laughs) i love when you talk with me about music (laughs) and listeners we love when you tweet at us at talkhouse we're also on facebook and instagram If you enjoyed today's podcast, head over to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe. And also rate and review us. It helps other people to find the podcast. And an angel gets their wings. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Nice. That's high-tech Star Wars shit right there. Held together with the droid sticking out of the back. (laughs) 